Hey guys, welcome to the Crazy Juicy Love Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Allen. Yes! You know, this podcast is dedicated to bringing honest, authentic conversations so that you can have a healthy, happy, healthy, juicy love life. Here's Crazy Juicy Love. All right, guys, welcome to the Crazy Juicy Love podcast. And I'm excited to have Michael Allen. And we have the same last name. Uh, uh, Michael Allen is a relationship and life coach. And he specifically works with men and women, helping them find the ideal match without any uh, resorting to manipulation, which I love, and pickup lines, which I love too. Uh, So just quickly, like, Tell me, like, how did you even get into coaching? Like, why, like, why coaching and why this particular part of coaching? Because it's a very vital thing that is so critically need um, in today's society where so many people are feeling so lonely and so um, depressed because the apps have gotten <laughs> something is shifting in the world. Yeah. And just people need a little help, need a little help, and help goes a long way. So tell me how you, your journey well, becoming a coach, first of all. You know, Jimmy, you asked me to, to be vulnerable, and I'm going to start out very vulnerable here. <laughs> Great. Um, throughout my life, whenever I had set my mind to something, I could usually accomplish it, whether it was academics, uh, whether it was athletics, uh, you know, playing an instrument, you name it. If I wanted something bad enough, I could eventually get it. It could, it could take a lot of work, but I could eventually get it. The only one area of my life growing up where that never seemed to work was with the opposite sex, with women. Mm. Uh, I was always struggling. I was always scratching my head, wondering what what is going on here? Why is it that, you know, I'm having such bad luck with, with everything? And, you know, I had gone through my teens and 20s feeling, you know, very down, very depressed, uh, not a whole lot of self-worth uh, because of the whole thing. And, um, you know, when I got out of college, I could have the occasional date now and then, but it wasn't like these other guys who I knew who were getting, you know, five, six dates a week. And, you know, I was wondering, you know, what, what, what is so wrong with me? Uh, is it just how I look? Is it, is it something else? Is it how I come across? Um, and, you know, I struggled with that for a long time. Um, fortunately, my first real job was a teaching job overseas in China. Oh, wow. And, and uh, I met who would eventually become my my first wife um, over there. And we were married for uh, seven years. And, you know, for obviously for the seven years, I didn't really think about dating. Uh, But then, you know, the relationship, we kind of drifted apart when we got back to the States and we divorced. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, you know, here I was in my mid thirties and I was thrust back out into the dating scene again. But now, not only was I thrust back out into the dating scene, but there were all these newfangled apps yeah. <laughs> that weren't there when I last left dating. And I was just hella confused mm. as to what to do. Like so many people. <laughs> exactly. And so I had looked on Google again. I had looked for uh, dating coaching or relationship coaching. 
I knew I didn't want to see like a, a psychologist or something like that because they, all they would do was teach me about my past, but I didn't want to know about my past. I wanted to know about my future. What could I do in the here and now to get to the future that I wanted to get to? And that's the essence of what coaching is. And so I, I met a, well, you know, I, I was going to go to one of these really big name, high end um, dating coach, you know, like you, you probably heard the name. Um, I'm not going to mention it on the podcast, but um, you know, <laughs> but, you know it, it's one of the female dating coaches uh, that helps men. Let's let's say. Okay. Um, well, tell God the words. <laughs> I, I didn't go to her uh, directly. Uh, she sent me to one of her assistant coaches. And I met him and he and I corresponded for, you know, close to a year. And we had coached mostly through the internet, mostly through Skype. Um, and he coached me on, you know, ways to build up my confidence, ways to you know, build up my, uh, my self-esteem again, because it had been completely shot uh, after my divorce. And also through a lifetime of just having, you know, really lackluster results uh, in terms of dating. So, uh, he taught me all about that. He taught me, you know, where to go to meet the types of women that I would click with. And, um, you know, eventually he came to the United States and we did a, a, a weekend training where he actually asked me to assist him. Oh, and to me, that was like an honor because he, he, he had seen that I had made a lot of progress. And he's like, well, how about you help me coach th this weekend? And I had the absolute time of my life that weekend wow. coaching. And I knew that at that point that this is what I want to do with my life. I wanted to help other guys because I didn't want them to go through the same difficulties that mm -hmm. I went through. Nobody should have to go through what I went through. That's my, that's my philosophy. Wow. That's so great. Like, I really love what you're saying and like, just really get into um, like what this is about. Like really, because I mean, obviously you have men like, you know, as, as a gay man, like I, I still have, we all these, even with the straight men that I do coach, it's all of this, the same struggles of really um, connecting. Um, and I've been, you know, talking with uh, Tavia Sharp with like this, we've been really, you know, finding that connection has been missing and a lot of people just don't know how to connect anymore. So like, I'm really curious of like, you know, what are some of the common mistakes that particularly men make on <laughs> like dating apps? There's a, like a lot of things that I see and I'm just like, wow, like if, if we had an expert like you or a coach or with um, really great knowledge of dating, how can you make an impact on guys to like really shift of how they're approaching dating? Well, you know, you, you mentioned um, issues and difficulties and mistakes that guys make uh, when doing online dating. So I really class the mistakes. In the, there are two classes of mistakes. Mm -hmm. One of them is is individual mistakes. These are things that the individual guy tends to do. And the other class of mistakes is what we call systemic mistakes. Mm. And these are faults of the system of online dating. And these are a lot, the, the systemic ones are a lot harder to deal with because a lot of it is outside of your control. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, there are ways in which you can handle those. Okay. Um, for example, especially with swipe apps like Tinder and Bumble, um, there's this, have you ever heard of the paradox of choice? No. 
There's actually a psychological study done by uh, a University of Pennsylvania professor, and this was later verified by uh, Harvard Business School. The whole idea of paradox of choice is that you would think that if with so many options available to us on online dating, that it would make things easier, that it would make things better for us. Because, hey, you know, before apps, we were pretty much limited to just the right. 20 or 30 people within you know, a 10 mile radius of us who we would see every day. Mm -hmm. And if it didn't work out with those people, then we'd either have to, you know, uplift our entire life and move to a different city to try and find somebody, or we were pretty much out of luck. Yeah. But now with online dating, there's so many more choices available to us. And you would think at first blush that this is great, but in actuality, it brings with it a whole new host of problems. And that is, you know, like FOMO, fear of missing out. You know, you could go on to Tinder or you could go on a match. It doesn't really matter what site it is, but you could go on and you could meet someone who's like a 90% match to you. <laughs> and you'd be like, wow, you know, this person's really great. And then you start dating them. And after two or three dates, you're like, well, what if there's a 95% match out there that I'm missing? Yeah. And I'm letting this slide because I'm with this guy who's only a, or this girl who's only a 90% match. And so they go back on and they keep swiping and they keep interacting with other people. And then they find someone who they think is slightly better. And this really wonderful person who they were with before, right. they're just like, oh, sorry. You know, I, I, you know I, I, I really think we should see other people. It's like right? the grass is green on the other side kind of syndrome. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> because these apps, they, you know, they don't go away just because you meet somebody. Right. right. They're still there. And if you open them up and you keep swiping, you may find somebody, oh, well, you, you know, this person's smile is just, you know, 10% better than this person. I know. Just yeah. judge all these little things that are so unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. And, and I see this, I see this with guys and girls. It, it doesn't really matter the, the gender. It's, it's just that we see somebody we think we may like better. And then it's like, oh, you know, I know I'm yes. funny. But this person just seems so much better than me. I'm going to go with this one, right? Yeah. And I think a lot of people who have been on the receiving end of that, uh, and I have been on the receiving end of that too, you know, it, it, it really creates a lot of, of uh, frustration. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, you know, th this is supposed to solve all my problems, but why isn't it? Why am I feeling worse than when I didn't have the apps in my life? Right. Right. Um, another systemic problem is, this is mostly true of guys, uh, and girls have kind of the opposite problem. Um, I have, I have had the privilege or, you know, I, I use the word privilege loosely of looking at some of my female friends, Tinder feeds. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and I hate to, I hate to say this about some of my female friends, but like even, even some of the more, you know, average looking ones, they have 50, 60, 70 message yeah. guys in their inbox on just a typical day, right? And then I look at my average looking guy friends and they're struggling to get like two or three <laughs> I know, right? in their inbox. So it's created this massive shift where, you know, it seems like one gender is completely getting all of the attention and then the other gender is getting none. Yeah. And you, know, you get a lot of guys on the internet who's just, just like, well, you know, I, I'm doing everything right. I'm, you know, writing a good profile. I'm taking pictures. 
Uh, I'm doing everything that people are asking of me and I'm still getting like three people interested in me a month. And these three people are like way below what I would like to have in my life. Yeah, like I, I there was a profile. I actually even saved this guy's profile as a straight guy. And I was, I was really, um, a friend of mine showed it to me because it was like very, his profile was very well written. Um, pictures were really great. And then she was like, he's still single. And I was like, why? Like what he wrote was so open and vulnerable. And I was just like, wow, like this, why is this dude still single when his profile was damn near perfect? You know, and it, it just like kills me to hear like he's not even getting the response that he deserves because the overwhelming bo- inbox flooding with that women are getting. He's not even getting right. recognition. And you know, it, it when it's like that, when you have a guy who's got really great photos and you have a guy that's got a really great profile. Oftentimes, it's not necessarily anything that the guy is doing. It's just that he's lost in the flood yes. of, of like the hundred other guys that are in these in these girls' message boxes. And this actually brings me to the first personal mistake that a lot of guys make. They're using the same message, and they yes. they're just saying hello, hey. What's, What's up? up? How are you doing? <laughs> but, but guess who else is saying those things? The same hundred other guys. Right. You're, you are not doing anything Thanks. to differentiate yourself from those other guys. So you're getting lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Right? So instead of just saying, hey, what's up? How are you doing? Why not you know, comment on something in her profile. Show show her that you've actually read oh, her thank you profile. Thank this you. This is something that is so important. <laughs> I, you know, I'm not even that great looking a guy, but because I have gone into a woman's profile and I have read something and that something has, has, has struck a chord with me. Yeah. And I've mentioned that in my opening message that has automatically put me ahead of so many other guys, even guys who were probably better looking than me, who were just saying, Hey, what's up? Yeah. They, they noticed that message and they clicked on it and they engaged in conversation with me. And that's, that put things in my favor. You know, that is so critical that what you just said, like I was just, just talking with Tavia about this, like really educating dudes, like really finding something that you, what, like what you said to the core that you connect with and then like, and have an honest uh, response to what you connect with and then leave with that because like it's, you're connecting, which is so beautiful. I'm, I'm so happy you said that. Yeah, and, and I think another thing, you, you know, Tinder and Bumble especially are very visual apps. Right. So sometimes if you've got like 10 people texting you the same thing, one way to break that monotony is to send something visual, like a funny GIF or a funny picture oh. followed by a witty one-liner to kind of introduce yourself. Um, you know, what, what, I'll, I'll share one that I used to use a lot. Uh, it's a picture, it, it was. it's a GIF like short movie of a polar bear just jumping out of the water, like jumping out of a pool and saying like, hey there, right? And then underneath I would, you know, write up, write like a little funny line, like, you know, uh, coffee or ice cream on our, on our first date or something like that. And, you know, that, that visual automatically, like they see that visual in you, in the, in the box, like they're automatic, their eyes are automatically going to go to that. That's a really good idea. Right. And that's another thing that you can do to really differentiate yourself from all those other guys who are just saying the same exact thing. Yeah. 
It keeps you from being generic, like just generic talk. Like, I mean, I really love, hmm, you gave me some ideas. <laughs> Let's try, wow, what else? Like what else um, mistakes and things that, and then what can men do to like differentiate themselves from like the herd? As we say, you know, I was uh, I was talking with Tavia. In fact, we did a, a video about a week and a half ago where we were talking about this this very same thing. When you're creating an online dating profile, your job is not to just tell, right? Your job is to show. Mm. You have to you have to not just tell a, a whole list of adjectives about yourself and a couple of pictures. You've got to show the woman what it's like to be on a date with you, what it's like to potentially be in a relationship with you. Mm -hmm. right? So you have to you have to be able to show through your pictures and through your bio, all the different sides of you. What makes you tick? What makes you you? Don't just list a whole bunch of things saying like, I'm funny, I work hard, I'm nice, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, like a laundry list, mm -hmm. right? Show them how you do that. Give some examples, right? Um, for example, in my profile, like when I still had a profile, I have a girlfriend now, so all my profiles, <laughs> otherwise my girlfriend would be very upset. Um, you know, when, when, I was, when I still had my profile, I love martial arts. Mm -hmm. I'm, a, I'm a big, like I could just say, oh, I like martial arts. Or I could do what I did and tell a story of when I was in China, I once had a mock sparring session with a Shaolin monk, mm. right? So, so which one is going to get the more attention, the story of me and the monk or just saying I like martial arts? The story of the story. Exactly. Why is that? Because that's showing, it's not just telling, it's showing her what it's like, what my interest is like and how that manifests itself for me. Yeah. Right. So you have to be able to show through examples, through stories, through your pictures, right? A lot of guys, they, they say, okay, Tinder has a six photo limit. Let's just get six selfies of me sitting on the couch. Oh God. Uh-uh, no. You've got to show different sides of you. Get a nice headshot, get a nice body shot, get a shot with you with friends, get a shot with you in an activity, doing something that you love, whether it's hiking, swimming, mountain climbing, what, whatever, biking, you know, a picture of you kind of in action doing mm -hmm. something. And then get a picture of you with friends, right? Show the woman that you're a social guy who actually, you know, people actually like, and you're not just some kind of creeper, right? If right. all of the photos are just of you, 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 right? You know, she has no idea what kind of guy you're like and who, who you hang out with or anything like that, right? Show them that you're social. Right. And that's really critical, I think, and, and stay away from like a lot of, uh, I see a lot of mistakes where guys are drinking a lot in pictures, like stay away from that. And, I, and I, in my experience, you know, I remember um, on an app and I was messaging this guy and I couldn't tell who he was in the picture because he was with always in groups of people. Mm -hmm. And he got offended when I was like, well, I said, well, which one are you? Oh, yeah. no, and because I, I he, and he's like, well, I'm not. He was always with his best friend who was very attractive. And and he was, he didn't, he, he was attractive too, but his friend had a really great body, very, uh, very great face. And 
when he he even messaged me, well, I hope you're not messaging me for this person in the picture. Like his insecurity came out so well. So I, for me, I think it's important to like, I love the group pictures and don't over flood your profile with group pictures because you just want to be focused on you and what those, the activities that you love because it's, it's just showing a variety of yourself and that you know how to, I hate to use this word, but sort of sell yourself of like, I love, you know, hiking. I love jogging. You know, these are my best friends. Like half things that um, that you love to do. Not like you just a random picture, but you right. want the because you be able to connect with the picture more because you're in the thing that you love to do. Right, and 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 that's a really key point. What you just said, things that you love to do. So if you just went bowling one time in your life, <laughs> right? And the there, like, hey, you know, this is me in action. So she's going to think you love bowling. Bowling, right? <laughs> you probably shouldn't put that picture in right. Your <laughs> right. It's got to be something that you love uh, to do many, many times uh, over. Right. right. So that that's another thing. And, and you you mentioned something really important. It, it's important to show yourself with friends, but as you said, you can't have every single photo of you being with friends. Otherwise, how are they going to know it's no, you? No, right. <laughs> you've, got to, you've got to mix it up. I would say, you know, if you've got a six photo limit, five photos of you on your own, and then one photo of you with friends, just yeah. to show that you're a likable guy, right? Yeah. And then that's it. You've got it covered. Yeah. Right? How, how important is... I mean, writing something on your profile because I see straight end game and like like nobody writes anything anymore. Like, why is that important? And like, why is that important to have something to on your profile? You know, this is this is real. This is really telling. And I coach guys on this, and I I coach them to look out for profiles that don't have anything written on it. Why is that? Because oftentimes, and, and I, you know, this is true on both the guy's side and the girl's side, but since I, like 80% of my clientele is guys, I, I kind of stick with them on this. And that is a lot of women and a lot of guys too, but a lot of women will use Tinder and will use Bumble hmm. to, just to get the likes, just to get validated, right? They, they have no intention of seeing hmm. anybody on that app. Right. Mm. They just like having guys right swipe on them. Right. It gives them a little bit of boost. It gives them a little ego boost. Mm. And, and you know, this is true for guys too. I, I have known people, this is no lie. I have known people in relationships, right. Who have gone onto Tinder and Bumble and started, you know, swiping and have had people swipe on them. And these guys, these people have no intention of, of, you know, actually wow. their partner, but they just want that validation. Wow. And, what I tell guys, and, and I find this to be very true because I was on Tinder for close to three years. I had dated hundreds of women off of Tinder and I noticed a lot of patterns, right? When mm. someone, when a woman does not have anything written in her profile, there's a good chance. It's not always the case, but it's a very good chance that either A, the profile is fake or B, the she's just using it for attention or mm. B, she may not be using it for attention, but she's just not serious about finding Wow. So I can always tell the girls who are more serious about finding somebody because they will actually put in the effort 
to write something about themselves in the bio. Wow. That is, so as tempting as it may be, and, and I say this to guys, as tempting as it may be to just swipe right endlessly on these girls who are very good looking but have nothing in their bio, you might want to think about swiping left or you might just want to brace yourself and shield yourself that even if you swipe right, you're probably not going to hear from mm. her. Right, because she's probably not that serious. Right. Wow. I didn't know that. Well, that's good to know. And so, like, what what are some things that men should stay? Like, I know you mentioned like telling a telling story. Like, what are some things that, I guess, from your experience or with with your clients, what what do you tell them to say? Like, what do you tell them to stay with? What do you tell them to stay away from? Because I, I remember um, there's a book called um, How uh, She Broke the, uh, the Internet and Dating Site. Was like one of the things she mentioned, like stay away from negative talk on your website, on your profile, yeah. and stay away from people who have negative talk on their profile. So, what are some of the things that men should like talk about or like call interest or may? Um, that will spark interest. One one trait I usually tell my guys to do is put a question in their profile because that way you know the person has read your profile and they'll answer it because it's just like it's so random that it's in your profile. But have something random or unique about yourself in your profile that people like. Oh well, what is that? You know what I mean. So what do you tell your guys to like uh, to make themselves sort of stand out when they're writing? copy in there or written text in their profiles. I, I like how you say copy because it goes back <laughs> to the idea that you're selling yourself. And, and right. what online dating is. You're, you're, it really you're is. Selling yourself. You are the product. Yeah, you are. That you are the most attractive product possible. And the ways to be like that are to, number one, as you said, avoid the negative talk at all costs. I had a guy who took really great photos, right? And he had these really cool interests, but he was so down on himself, right? And he was so down on the state of the world. Like, what did he, did, well, he had that in his profile, like written? Yes. Uh, you, you know, he was talking about how he, like, he doesn't trust most people. Uh, most people are, you know, j- just not on his level intellectually. Uh, and so he's really challenged. He's like, it, it, he almost like threw it out as a challenge. Are you smart enough to, to be with me? Right, that that kind of thing, and I'm like, dude, you cannot <laughs> no, be, you cannot be going into it like that. You, you have to go in humble. You have to go in, you know, curious about the yeah. people that you're interested in. You Curiosity, yes. Attitude. You can't yeah. go in with this holier than thou, you know, BS. Like, oh, I'm so much better than you. Right. That's the number one thing you can do that's going to turn people off to you, not turn people on. Yeah. Right. And another thing that I uh, try to say that guys shouldn't do, and girls, by the way, is avoid what we call the laundry list. Avoid ju- just listing a whole bunch of requirements for your partner while at the same time saying nothing about you. I say <laughs> all the time. I say right. All the time. Like, it's like they're going into um, a, a butcher shop and they're trying to order like the best piece of meat. Oh, I want uh, 12 ounces. Uh, medium rare and you know make sure it's pinned off and you you know like if you're gonna go into it like that you know again prepare to get a lot of people turned off because these are human beings you're talking to these are not needs right so avoid the laundry list and you know a, a general rule of thumb 
is to do the 70-30 rule. And by that, I mean 70% of your profile should be about you, right? You should be talking about yourself. You should be talking about what it's like to be with you. You should be showing, as we said earlier, all the different sides of yourself. The other 30% should be about what you're looking for. Right. And when you mention what you're looking for, do not do just do a list. Yeah. Again, show what it is you're looking for. Right. Mm -hmm. And be be humble about it. Don't be like holier than thou. Well, if you're not six feet tall and you're not this and you're not that, then forget it because you're not good enough. Right. Like that's the worst thing you could do. Right. I have your preference. I'm not saying you can't have your preferences. Right. I, it's, if you're it's, approach I, it like that, you're, you're going to have a lot of, a, a, a lot more pain than pleasure, let's say. I, I love what you're saying, I, because I myself experienced of being rejected because I was too tall. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm like, I, like, we literally match. And because I, I'm only 5'10, you know, well, five and a half, sorry. And I, like, I'm three feet too tall for you. I was just like, wow. <laughs> it's just, I don't know, people's preferences are just yeah. out of control. Yeah. Know? And again, this goes back to the paradox of choice. And when we have all these options, like Tinder has what? Uh, like 2 million people on it? Like probably just in New York? <laughs> like, <laughs> probably. <laughs> like, and when you have that, that much of a sample size, you can, you can be a little bit more tailored, right? Right. But the thing is, it, it's okay to have preferences. Just don't be a, an asshole about it. Yeah. You know? Just don't lord it over people like, well, if you're not this, right? It's, it's just going to make, it's just going to turn people off. Right. Like, I'm 6'1", right? And even I have read profiles where even if I've met the height requirement, if they're like a real jerk about the height requirement, I'm like, no, please, I can't deal with this. Yeah. You know, if you're going to be this way about that, then my next question is, what else are you going to be that way about? Yeah. You know? You know, like, I say. I, I, yeah. I'm someone who's going to be friendly and who's, who's going to be, you know, energetic and upbeat. And that, that's just not the vibe I'm getting right. from post like I, um, I I actually my on my phone I saved this prof this um it wasn't an article it was a post by this couple uh, I had I had the screenshot screenshot and they both were saying how they were describing their type mm-hmm. um, because they were they were married and they were describing their type and when they were describing their type the other person was not it and there was the base of the post was about if you're so strict about your type, you'll never be in love. You'll never right. find one. They were just basically saying, this is for my preference, but my the woman who I fell in love with is actually what I wanted in the inside. Like they didn't have the right hair, didn't have body type. It wasn't that what they fell in love with. It was what the person who they who it was that they fell in love with. And um, when they stopped chasing the 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 hair, the, the hair requirement, the height requirement, the body requirement, then they started to fall in love, fall in love with the person, the person. And it's really about connecting with the person at the end of the day, because when the looks, the hair, whatever goes away, it's, it's, it's what's inside that stays hopefully forever that you're really falling in love with, not 
because he's has a six pack or he has you know the perfect eyes or the perfect skin you know that's what that's what we're really falling in love with and that and that's another mistake and part of that is an individual mistake and part of that is a systemic mistake because we we as a society are uh, you know especially today are placing uh, with social media and everything like that we're placing just an undue amount of importance just on sheer looks yeah and you know, we've forgotten to connect through shared values. Yeah. And it's the shared values that's going to make the relationship last or yeah. that's cause the relationship to last 10, 20, 50 years, you know, not, oh, does he have the right hair or is it, is it a six pack versus a four pack or <laughs> something like that? Um, you know, that, that, that stuff, it's just in terms of relationship success and whether or not this is going to be a person who's really going to get you, whether this is going to be a person who's going to stay with you for the rest of your life, that really has no bearing on it. Right. right? So again, if your goal with online dating is to find somebody who's going to be your match, right? Find somebody who's going to be your future husband or wife, find somebody, you know, even if you don't want to get married, just somebody you want to spend the rest of your life with in like a cohabitation sense, let's say, <laughs> right? You know, you've got to be looking first and foremost at values. What yeah. do you value? And Jimmy, you would be surprised at the amount of people who I've talked to who have no idea what their own core values are. I know. <laughs> they have no clue. Don't, like that for me, that is one of the biggest issues with dating. Like a lot of people have not defined what they want, what they need in a relationship and nor do they know how to bring that, bring that to the table. They're expecting the other person to have all these requirements when they themselves cannot bring it to the table for the, for the relationship. Right. Like you get, a, you know, you get a bunch of, uh, you know, guys with the, the, the wife beater tank top with the Cheeto stains all over it, demanding <laughs> a secret model. And it's like, it's like, dude, you know, you, you've got to be able to bring something to the table yourself. If you're right. going to be, you know, calling, calling that in for yourself. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Like I also, I'm just, I'm just really curious, like, um, you know, you were sort of, sort of heading this way. So I'm just curious of like how long, is too long of like messaging back and forth because that is a huge issue too with like especially like I somehow YouTube has been recommending the catfish show and I'm just like so surprised of like how many people stay in a sort of texting conversation for months from like four or five months without even getting yeah. on the phone so like how do you what do you say to your guys or how do you coach people around this of like you know how, to move past the online texting to get to an actual conversation on the phone or seeing them in person like what are your thoughts and how do you get people to move beyond the app and texting first of all four or five months for real it was going on that long i, I can't i can't believe it myself oh, they haven't wow. even met this person and they're still messaging each other for extensive amounts of time wow um you know with me I set a rule because I set a rule for myself when I was still dating because I had lost so many really good opportunities over text because I was taking too damn long to ask them out. Mm. 
right? People, especially in New York City, like we live busy lives, right? We don't yeah. want to wait around and wait around. We can't even wait in a, in a Starbucks line for two minutes without going crazy. Right? <laughs> you expect us to wait two weeks while you work up the courage to ask us out? No, it's not going to happen, right? Yeah. What I say to my people is that you use text solely, solely as a means to set up a date. And yeah. that's it. Right. You may you may exchange a couple of lines of witty banter right here. But after like the second or third line, we're planning that date. Yeah. Right. Good. Because a lot, I don't want to text buddy. I, didn't I get hear into you to just text somebody and to get into a pen pal relationship long distance. I got into this because I actually wanted to meet you in the flesh and see if there's something there. Right. So if you are on the apps for the same reason, you have got to make that your priority. You have got to make that your goal. And you've got to do that while the iron is hot. Right. Because if you wait too long, then they're going to be on to the next person. You know how many people are on Tinder and Bumble? You know how many people are messaging a typical woman? She could she could have 10 guys work up the courage right. to ask her out. And you, you're you're left out in the cold. Yeah. Right? Like so, so what is like, so they're in communication, they're texting like, so... What do you say, like, get them on the phone first? Or because for me, like, I like to, like, have a conversation on the phone first because I'm like, I might can't even, like, if I can't even have a conversation on the phone, like, God knows what the date is going to be like, you know? So what is your thoughts on, like, getting on the phone first or the date first? Like, does it, or does it matter? You know, it, I find that it really depends on the girl. Um, yeah. With me, I like to push for the date uh, relatively soon. Um, but I know a few women have asked me, Hey, you know, do you mind if we speak on the phone first? And I'm like, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I used to, you know, I'm kind of embarrassed to say this, but I, I kind of came up in kind of the, the, the pickup artist field. I, I have since vastly moved away from that. Yeah. Um, but you know, I was always taught back then that, you know, Oh, if a girl wants to talk on the phone, that that's, that's a bad sign, bro. That no. means she's not really digging you, bro. Like if she was really digging you, she'd want to go out right away. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, I, I know that that's BS now because yeah. if anything, I know that if a woman wants to talk to me on the phone before a date, that actually means that's actually a, a higher level of investment on right. her part than many of the other women who I was speaking to. Right. So I, if, if a girl wants to speak on the phone, I say go for it, and I say don't be afraid of it. It's it, you know, it's just another way of building that comfort with her. Mm -hmm. It's just another way of building a little bit more rapport with her before you go out on the date. She wants to know who you are. You know, you right. gotta you gotta put yourself in her shoes. You know, this is like a five foot three, five foot four girl, right? And she has no idea like how big or how strong you are. She has no idea right. like, what kind of guy is going to show up to those dates. And you know what his personality is, what his temperament is. All she knows is a couple of photos and a yeah. couple of lines of text. Right, and it's all about from, from my conversation with women. They, they just want to feel safe, like they want to feel comfortable when they go on a date with you. They don't. It's just it's just another way for them feeling safe. With so many of you know, with this sort of uh, thing happening now, and uh, with traffic, uh, sex trafficking, and making drugs, and um, you know, even in, even in my cousin uh, who lives in Miami, she told me about all these situations with friends who would go on dates and be sort of manipulated to go one way and not the other. That they have to like be extra cautious because 
there are so many dangers for women versus a man. So a woman wants to feel safe and and comfortable with you in order to just relax on the date. Absolutely, absolutely. And so I think that, you know, with with all the stuff that's happening, uh, the examples you mentioned, and even just like the, you know, like what's been going on recently with, uh, you know, Harvey Weinstein, right? The same uh-huh. exact thing, you know, you've got, you've got all these kind of situations going on. And you're right. Women want to know that they are safe, right? Yeah. They want to feel safe. So if having a phone call is going to help her feel safer, then you do it. It's 15 minutes out of your time. I think yeah. you can spare it. Yeah. You know? That's so awesome, Bo. I, I really appreciate all the knowledge that you have given me. Um, uh, so we're going to ask a couple of quick questions before we end here. And uh, i just love to get your quick thoughts about it. So uh, what does a life of love mean to you? What does a life of love mean to me? A life of love means being able to get up every morning, right? Look at my partner in the face and know that, you know, whatever's going on in our lives, whether we're in a good time or whether we're in a bad time, that, that our appreciation for each other, our love for each other is stronger than anything that the environment can throw mm-hmm. at us. And no matter what happens, we are going to overcome. I have the confidence to know that we are going to overcome. We're going to push through it and we're going to exit out of that even stronger than ever. Wow, I love that. And how do you get out, how do you get out of your own way? How do I get out of my own way? Like the old Nike saying, just do it, right? <laughs> you know, another, another thing that I, I say is when my brain starts to give me doubts, I literally go to my brain. I just say, shut up, brain. Mm. You know, shut up and just go. Shut up and just go. That, that, that's all you can do, right? Yeah. I mean, really. What is the worst that can happen, right? You, someone says no, or, or someone says, oh, you know, I'm not really interested. Big deal. Yeah. You know how many women are out there in the world? How many, how, like, this is another thing. This is another mistake. If, yeah. if we could get into this for just yeah, a sure. Uh, another mistake that guys make, they get two or three women on conversation, and then those two or three women disappear, and they're like, online dating sucks. I can't meet anybody. I'm like, dude, you talk to three women. Yeah. How many women are on this app that you haven't talked to, that you haven't ever messaged? Yeah. You know how many women are out there in the like, like n- never mind online. Just go outside. Just just join a club. Uh, go out to a bar. Go go do whatever. Yeah. You know how many women are out there? Yeah. Like you wouldn't, you could, you could approach, someone told me this once, you could approach 50 women a day, every day without a single day off, including Christmas, right? And it would take you something like 1,700 years to approach even one-tenth of the current female population. Wow. That's a crazy statistic. Literally never run out of people to talk to and to and and, and a rejection too is basically because i i used to get so frustrated with rejection too but i was like you know what i'm just like they're just saying no to me and i was saying which is saying yes to me like i'm just one more person closer to finding the person i want to be with like exactly. i'm not going to take this personally rejection comes with a part of the game or a part of this whole experience and i'm just like for me, I'm like, oh, thank you for saying no. Now I don't have to waste my time 
with somebody who, who is not meant for me. So I just learned how to flip that in my brain and not take rejection personally for me. Yeah, it's like, and another analogy is one that my coach used with me and he goes, imagine that out of every woman in the world, there's only 10 of them. You give a suitcase, right, to every woman in the world. Mm -hmm. And in 10 of those suitcases that 10 of those women are carrying is going to be $1 billion. Some women may have a million dollars, some women may have a thousand, and some may have nothing in their briefcase, right? So you go, you, you approach one, you say, hey, can I look in your briefcase? Nothing. Can I look in your briefcase? Nothing, right? And you may get 100 or 200 nothings, and then the, the 101st one, you go up, you open that case, and there's a billion dollars in there. Yeah. You know? So how are you, you know, if you give up, you will never know that if that next case had the billion dollars in it. Right. And the rejection is really not even about you. It's like they're in their own world, their own issues, you know, um, and I and I really makes me think about when I used to be an actor, um, how this casting director, she would uh, she's told this story about how she would bring in the best actors for this director, and they were at primary stages, and this one is prestigious like uh, theater places in New York, and, uh, and how the director wouldn't even look at a specific person if they didn't have an MFA. He was she she was like. Wait, wait. This is this is the best person. It's like this is a great person. He's like, no, she looks too much like my ex. No, she looks too much like this person. And like people would basically reject you based off of some what you remind them of, and you and you have no control of that. Like you have to just literally move on the next thing because they're stuck in their own world, their own thing. So you just like on to the next. And to me right now, I just I just laugh at what people reject each other or even me by within dating. So I just don't even take it personally anymore. I just don't learn how to take things lightly and just, and they make great stories later. That's what I do. <laughs> exactly. So that's the question is like, so what does a juicy love life look like to you? Something where, you know, we just get each other. And I know that's not going to sound really juicy, but to me, that's the juiciest of all. That's just someone who actually gets you. When mm -hmm. you come home after a hard day's work, right? And instead of having somebody criticizing you, right? Instead of having somebody, you know, yell at you, scream at you some more, they're there to greet you with a hug and a kiss. And there's like, baby, why don't we go out and we do this tonight? Why don't we yeah. go here? Why don't we go take a boat ride here? Why don't we go this, you know, to get your mind off of it, right? That to me is a juicy love life where you have somebody where you come home to them and it's, it's a wonderful feeling. No matter what kind of day you had before, you know yeah. that when you get home, things are going to get better. Wow. Now, a, lot, a lot of people I are saying, that. Oh, well, you're not thinking big enough, but to me, that's, that's it right yeah. there. Anything more than that. Yeah. Well, I love that. I, yeah. Just, just being gotten just makes everything else, you know, less important. Like that, that's beautiful. I love what you said. And last question, where can people find you online? You can find me at uh, my blog, ageofattraction.com where I post uh, every two days, a new post. And also, there's uh, my Instagram, uh, Coach Michael 22 
and also my website, nogamenecessary.com. Okay. Awesome, Mike. Well, thank you so much for just being here and just like with all your knowledge and your experience and just, just being such a great vessel for men to just step into like their greatness. So thank you for what you do. Thank you. It's again, a pleasure to be here on the podcast. I, I, I really had a great time today. Thank you. Yeah, Jim. me too, man. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the Crazy Juicy Love Podcast. If you like this podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a comment. And if you really like this podcast, please share it. Twitter, Instagram, or on your webpage. Thank you. Crazy Juicy Love.